Alright, hello everybody and welcome back to The Room Above the Attic, a true crime podcast where I, Hannah, describe horrendous murders to my father. And I, her father, listen intently to the horrifying stories that she shares with me and comment and uh, tell her what I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's we've been we've been away for quite a, for a while. I know. To- our, COVID has taken a toll. Yeah, our uh, recording room was transformed into a classroom during all of this. Yes. So it's been in high use. Yes. Over the last few months, and um, yeah, we've all had to make some changes. Yeah, and sacrifices. But yeah, it's all right. But you know, we miss this. We do. And, Which is uh, why we're back. <laughs> yeah, we miss doing this, and um, I think uh, now's a good time to have a, a good, do another story. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think the the bug caught you again first. Yeah. I, and for some reason, like we kind of were talking about doing, you know, doing a podcast again, and. Uh, Something came up and I was like, "Yeah, you should, you should uh, get a story." And then she's like, "And you said that you were already on it." Yeah. You're well, like, I checked our statistics on the website. Sorry, my phone. Um, can you mute that? That's I, really unprofessional. I apologize. <laughs> yes, it's now on vibrate, vibrate. Thank you. Yep. Um, but I checked our statistics and I realized we had made it to Russia. And I was like, well, there's people listening to us in Russia. Well, that's pretty cool. And I was like, well, and I realized our listening had gone up a lot mm-hmm. over these past few months because you're all just as bored as we were. Yes. And hopefully um, you're finding some cool things on our podcast. To yeah. To. But yes. Yeah. And so. I was like, well, that would be a good time as any to bring it back. Let's so. do it. Yeah, I think so. So over the last few months, uh, we've been doing it. Everybody else is doing. There's very few things to report. Yeah. Uh, it's been boring. We've been trying to stay home as much as we can. We've been, uh, yeah, not doing much of anything. No. Yeah. So. Uh, really, really fun. Yeah. So we've been doing the same thing you guys have been doing, which is probably nothing dealing with this crap dealing with the the um election i know um, it's just been which still seems to be going on you know during a, an election year you just like you get so tired of the commercials of of hearing about it and you're like it's election day thank god it now it's over and we can right. get on with our lives that's not how all this election day went no. they're still trying to to figure everything well no I it's feel, been figured out let's let's just do the let's just well, be clear I mean, okay it's we been know figured out. who won we know what who happened the next president's going but to when you be, have but... insanity it's just anyway we don't want to get too political and no. turn people off but um um it just i it, they're dragging it, it out it's not even just election year it's like the year leading up to election year too yeah because it's like what is the current president going to do to try and get reelected and then there's still like on that yeah. and then you're still picking out who's going to run against the president so it's like yeah. every two it was years just so really. long and then it's like you you want you get to the election day and you're like thank god that is finally over we're done we can we can forget about all this yeah. stuff now. That's not no. They're they're dragging it out. They're I dragging know. it out. We know what happened. Move on. Get over it. Move on. Yeah. All right. Let's just. Jeez, Louise. Just... Anyway. Okay. <sighs> okay. So a uh, little little bit bitter there. So you have come up with a fantastic new story. I'm told. Uh, um, you yeah. you haven't told me a lot about it because of course we like to uh, really go over it on the podcast for the first time. Yeah. Um, um, so. So go it, for it. Let's it took hear. me a while to finish this. I didn't know if I was going to because I hated the story so much. Like it's really interesting, but it's just I'm gonna say this now. It's kind of gruesome. So if you don't like like heavy blood stuff, first of all, why are you here? But second of all, um, I would just maybe skip this one. <laughs> um, no. I actually think that now they'll listen more. It's like, whoa, what are you, what are you about to yeah. tell us? But like, I was a roller coaster of emotions. I was like, do I want to do this? Oh, I'm gonna do this. Do I want to do this? And at the end, 
it just came full circle. I have a knack of picking stories or like stories find me that end up circling back to our own lives. Oh, well, that's not good if this is so horrific and then it's going to match up to our own lives in some way. Yeah, you're just going to have to wait. It, okay. I read it and I was like, what the heck did I just read? <laughs> it's like, um, this is a little crazy. Yeah. All right, well, hit it. Let's All right. see. Let's get going. We've had a hiatus. Let's get going. And yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Ready? I've forgot. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's winter. Uh-huh. I personally... It is winter. It is winter. It, yes. There is snow on the ground. There is snow on the ground. And it's my favorite time of year. Uh-huh. And I love the snow when I don't have to drive in it. Right. I hate driving in snow. Right. <laughs> um, I know. I'm always Tokyo drifting around corners. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, and I'm fi- finishing my second and final semester of German. Thank God. Thank Everybody, the Lord. she did not like German. I thought German w- would be a fantastic language, just kind of like a fun language to learn. Yeah. And stuff like that. I kind of told her, hey, you know, everybody does, everybody wants to learn French, but no one actually uses French. <laughs> I know. You know? So, in German... It's like Germany has an extremely strong economy. She might be able to actually go do something there in her life, you yeah. know, stuff like that. And uh, and you know, and of course, Spanish. You live in America. Spanish is uh, a hugely prevalent language. So mm-hmm. I, I I said, you know, German sounds fun to me. And if you want to live in a in Europe, maybe German. Um, or Spanish. I or tried to Spanish. direct you into those two. Yeah. Two. You chose German. I did. Because German was... It sounded like a fun language to learn. Uh-huh. But actually, it's very hard. And a lot of the sounds are like in the back of your throat. Uh-huh. So it's like very phlegmy. Uh-huh. And well, anyway, I, I got to say, two years, right? Two years of German. Mm-hmm. I am so glad she's done now. Because she did not have any fun learning it was so no. stressful for her um, it was it was a time yes so anyway uh, all right she's done well so anyway okay that's all i'm gonna say yeah about this no no i wasn't reading sorry i wasn't reading <laughs> yeah. uh this this is a precursor it's winter i'm learning german let's just get into let's it let's do it um so our story starts in a small farmstead and Verhofen, Bavaria. Farmstead. Yeah, farmstead. Okay. A farmstead, yes. Verhofen, Bavaria, or Bayern, as it's called in Germany. Okay. Um, which is about 43 miles north of Munich, um, the okay. capital of Bavaria. Okay. So, it's like off in the countryside a little bit. Okay. So, we're, we're talking farmland. German, yeah. German farmland, so I'm thinking green. Yeah. Rolling hills type thing. Okay. It's very green in Europe. That's yeah. the one thing I love about We're not going to bring up all the stuff that happened in World War II right now, unless that's where this is set. <laughs> um, it's set in the 1920s. Okay, before I think a lot of that stuff happened. Yeah, so, just a little bit. So we're going to just think of an idyllic German farm community yes. without the, the crap that happened in yes. with the Nazis. Okay. All right. All right. So in this farmstead lived six people. Andreas Gruber, who was 63. Kazalia Gruber, which was 72, his wife. Uh-huh. Uh, their daughter, Victoria Gabriel, who was 35. And her two children named Kazalia, seven, and Yosef, who was two. Okay. And their maid, Maria Baumgartner, for, who was 44 years old. Okay. So, a good place to start our story is about six months before the events, um, which make this a true crime story. Right. Um, because this is where things start to take a turn for the Gruber family Whoa. and their maid. Gruber. Um, so, six months before the events, um, the Gruber family maid quit. Okay. Uh some people think she quit because she thought the house was haunted after hearing scratching and voices coming from the attic in different 
parts. Okay. Um, however, nothing in her statement suggests to police that this was a, the case. And it's most probable she just quit. Just kind of got tired of quitting. Yeah. Quit. Okay. You know, you never know. That's kind of an ambiguous story there. Maybe she didn't get along with the family. Yeah. Maybe she just wanted to move on. Maybe she was done being a housekeeper. Yeah. Could be a million things. Yeah. Um, in that, this, that was like the event that tipped everything, tipped the scales. Her, her quitting. Her quitting. Okay. Was like where it all Uh-oh. started going Family on. starts falling apart because they don't have a mate. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um... A short while after the maid quit, Andreas Gruber started to find things on his property that didn't belong to him or any members of his family. For instance, Andreas found a newspaper from Munich in March of 1922. Okay, so far people are just littering on his property. Yeah. He didn't (laughs) remember buying it, but he kind of brushed off uh, believing that a postman had mistakenly Left the paper at his house. Okay, so I would argue at this point, if if it if you're in 2020, like yeah. we are right now, and some farmer finds a newspaper on their land, most farmers are going to be like, "Well, this just blew in from somewhere." Yeah. Or somebody threw it out their window. Or yeah, I don't think they would be thinking well, no. that big. Yeah, deal. he just thought it was one of. But their in 19, neighbors. what what year is it? 1922. 1922. That probably doesn't happen very often. So it's kind of a odd, odd thing. Okay. Well, yeah, he just thought it belonged to one of his neighbors, and that the postman had just threw it to him. Yeah, by accident. Okay. Um, but that was not the case because police were able to determine that no one in the area subscribed to that paper. Okay. Still, could have just fallen out of a car or got thrown out of a car. Or something. Yeah, someone passing by could have just yeah. tossed it aside. Yeah, I mean, people were litter bugs in 1922. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Andreas had also told his neighbors that on one snowy night he had found footprints that led from the forest to a broken door lock in the family's farm machine room. And they did not leave his property. So they came in from the forest into the farm machine room and he couldn't find any that left. That would be a little freaky to me. I would, yeah. I would be searching everywhere trying to figure out what's going on yeah like that would be that would be concerning me yep okay keep going um later during the same night the gruber family heard footsteps in their attic but when they went to inspect the attic no one was there yep yep still now i'd be like i saw the footprints now i'm hearing stuff in my attic and the maid may or may not have been hearing voices in the attic and scratching Okay, then. Yep. This is getting... This is... Yeah. That would definitely raise the hair on my neck. Yep. And Andreas did not report any of this to the police, and he refused to get them involved. Even after his neighbors had told him he should probably report it. I'm not sure if I would go to the police quite yet. I mean, who knows what the... I mean, really, yes, that's weird. That would really... The footprints would be weird... The voices in my attic would be weird, but you have nothing concrete to show anybody. Right, because like the police there. would be just like, "Yeah, somebody walked up to your building, walked off, and we just can't find the footprints." Where they? Yeah, were. like the snow, because it was like fresh covered snow, yeah. so like snow might have covered the footprints. They might have searched for you, though, I suppose. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I don't know if I would have gone to the police this at this point. Yeah. Okay, go. And Kazalia's uh, school friend. Um, Told, or yeah, Kazalia told her school friend that her mother Victoria had fled from the farm um, the night before due to a fight and had been found in the forest hours later. So that would kind of explain the footprints leaving leading from the forest into the farm. Okay, but the husband. Wouldn't he have noticed that they were kind of female shoes making those footprints? Yeah. I and like, hey, that looks... Like, you'd think that he would re- recognize his wife's shoe prints. I mean, in 1922, yeah. people wore, like, one pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, in the winter, maybe, and then one in the summer or something. No one had, yeah. like, 50 different pairs of shoes. 
Especially if you're living in the farm side, you're going to wear what's most practical. Right. So the fact that he didn't know his own wife's footprints. It was his was daughter, though, I think. Yeah, it was his oh, daughter. his daughter. Okay. Still questionable, but... Yeah. Okay. All right. It could have it could have been his it could have been his daughter. We'll we'll say that. Yeah. It's odd that his that his he didn't recognize his daughter's footprints, but it could have been her. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So all these events lead us to the night of March thirty first and the early morning of April first. So on the afternoon of March thirty first, the Grubers received or hired a new maid named Maria Baumgartner and she had arrived at the farm. She was accompanied by her sister, who left after a short stay. And Maria's sister became the last person to see her sister, as well as the Gruber family, alive. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, because in the early morning, Andreas, Kazalia, Victoria, and her daughter, Kazalia, were lured, lured to the family barn through a stable where one by one they were attacked using a mattock. A mattock? It's like a pickaxe. It's huh. like a cross between a pickaxe and an axe. Okay. Um, then the perpetrator moved into the house where they brutally attacked Maria and Victoria's two-year-old son, Yosef, as he lay in his bassinet. Wow. Yeah. And it was assumed that all members died quickly from their injuries, but after investigation, it was found that Kazalia had survived for hours after the attack and had died of shock. Aye. And so the dad, found, the dad was dead too. Yeah, in everyone barn. in the barn. Yeah, because you so could the say dad, that it was the dad that did this. You know, the dad, that's, that's um, Andreas Kazalia and Victoria and her other daughter Kazalia. Were all found in the barn, and um, tufts of Kazalia's the daughter's hair was missing, and they just assumed she pulled it out. She pulled out her own her hair. Own hair. Yeah, in tufts. And I don't see why she, that would be. I know. I thought she's going crazy or in some sort of pain. Or, yeah, I don't know. she was in a lot of pain. Yeah, but from it, her injuries. Why wouldn't you? I mean, why wouldn't you think that? the the uh, perpetrator did that. I don't know. They Grabbed were able by to... the back of the head. And they were able to determine that she was the one who pulled her own hair out. Oh, okay. So that is what happened. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. So the discovery. Um, the bodies of the Gruber family were not found until four days after the attack. Okay. So on April 1st, coffee sellers Hans... Skrovoski and Edward Skrovoski arrived um, in Hinterkfecht, which is the name of the farmstead. Oh, okay. Um, and they arrived to place an order. Um, when no one responded to the knocks on the door and the window, they walked around the yard but found no one. Um, they only noticed that the gate to the machine house was open before they decided to leave. Okay. So they just narrowly missed it if they had investigated Wasn't further. Wasn't that four days later? Y yeah. Well, no, no, no. This was on April 1st. And when was the attack? The morning of April 1st. Oh, so yeah, they did miss it. Wow. It was like early morning, though. Wow. Okay. Um. And... Kazalia Gabriel was absent without excuse for the next few days, um, and the entire family had failed to show up for Sunday worship. Um, similar, Albert Hoffner went to Hinterfecht on April 4th to repair an engine of the food chopper. Okay. Um, and he said that he hadn't seen any of the family, hadn't heard anything but the sounds of the farm animals, the dog inside of the barn. After waiting for an hour for somebody to come, he just thought maybe they had left huh. to go do something. A lot of pe these guys are like, eh, I'm not going to look in their houses or stuff for them. Yeah. That's... Uh, they probably I, are just yeah. busy, you know. Huh, okay. Um, 
he decided to start his repair, which he completed in about 4.5 hours, four and a half hours, around 3.30 p.m. Uh-huh. Um, and then he sent his uh, son, Johan, and his stepson, Josef, who were 16 and 9, to Hinterkfecht uh, to see if they could make contact with the, with the family. And when they reported they didn't see anyone, uh, they headed to the farm the same day with Michael Pohl and Jacob Segel, um, and entering the barn. They finally entered the barn and they found the bodies of Andreas Gruber, his wife, Kazalia Gruber, his daughter, Victoria Grable, Gabriel, and his granddaughter, Kazalia, mm-hmm. who had been... Uh, bludgeoned. Yeah, bludgeoned or, yeah. with the Matic. Yeah. Um, and then shortly after, they investigated the house and found Maria Baumgartner and um, Victoria's son, Josef, murdered in the home. Yeah. It took him four days, which I can understand because you're in the farm side... But also at the same time, a lot of people came up to the house and were like, "Hello." I I don't know. I you would you would have hoped they would have checked a little harder. But also, you go to somebody's house and they're not home or answering the door. You're like, oh, "They must be gone," and they, you you just leave. So, I, I yeah, it's yeah. weird that it took them that long to figure it out. I suppose, but not mysteriously weird not like something's up weird just that's just life i guess yeah yeah just normal normal stuff okay so now let's move on to the investigation okay um inspector jorg reinbruber from the munich police department investigated the killings i'm gonna say george it's jorg jorg Okay. That's how I'm you just, pronounce it. I'm not going to question German? your German your German knowledge. Thank you. That sounds good to me, Jorg. Thank you. Yes. Um, initial investigations were hampered by the name number of people who had interacted with the crime. As well, like a lot of early crime scenes before forensics. People just kind of walked yeah. all over it. Yep. Like, hey, let's go see some dead people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did you hear what happened to that family? No, let's go see. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, 1922. Yeah. yeah, people had moved the bodies and items related to a crime, and they cooked and ate meals in the kitchen. Why the heck would they do that? I don't know. We're going to be here for a while, guys. Go get some food going. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, the day after this discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptist Amruller, um performed the autopsies in the barn, it was established that the Matic was most likely the murder weapon. Okay. Although the weapon wasn't found at the scene. Huh. Um, and like I said, evidence showed that Kazalia, um, the younger Kazalia, had been alive for several hours after Ugh. the assault. Alive doesn't mean conscious. Let's hope. No. Let's, yeah. I... Um, like I said, she had torn her hair out in tufts. So just like chunks of hair she was tearing out. Uh, I don't like that. That no, that, that just means seems she was a conscious off. or something. I yeah. don't know. Or like she had to watch as nah. the rest of her family. And she nah, just nah. started. Yeah, no. How old was this one that had um, chunks taken out of her? She was seven years old. No, don't like that at all. Yeah. Yep, not not liking that. Um, the skulls of the victims were removed and sent to Munich, where they were to be further examined in hopes that they could pull in some evidence from them. Right. Um, we'll come back to that later. The skulls. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the police first suspected that the motive was robbery. Right. And they investigated uh, traveling craftsmen, vagrants, and several inhabitants from surrounding villages. But a large amount of money was found in the house, so they abandoned the theory of robbery. Right. Um, And it was clear that the perpetrators had remained at the farm for days after the murders. 
because someone had fed the cattle, eaten the entire supply of bread from the kitchen, and had recently cut meat from the pantry. So it's most likely that the um, perpetrator of the crime stayed in the house well, so that's until what the bodies were found. Uh, that's actually the, my silence <laughs> because my brain's, the gears are turning. So remember the guy, a guy came by to deliver coffee, right? Mm-hmm. So basically you're saying the guy was there that time. Yeah. At that time. Either he was probably in the attic. Attacking he probably... the family or, or whatever. But he stayed yeah. around while the guy that came to fix the motor yeah. was probably there. Like he just stuck around. Well, he's probably in the attic of the house. That's most well, likely where I mean, he yeah. stayed. So they wouldn't... Not anymore. I mean, no. he could have just been in the house. Now he didn't. Yeah, he but like if you know people are coming to look for them and you've been with them for six months you, you can know just, you can hide in the attic yeah yep that's crazy okay yeah so after you kill the family why wouldn't you leave i don't you need more food and i, I would know. be really worried that the coffee sellers would have been like hey yeah we didn't see this family and then the the like, uh, the guy that fixed the motor, yeah, I didn't see him either, you know, and people you would start think, talking. Yeah. But anyway, that's weird that he stayed. He felt comfortable enough. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And to make matters worse, the heads of the Gruber family were lost during World War Two. The who? The heads that they sent to Munich were lost oh. during World War Two. Yikes. So the entire family had to be buried headless. That's interesting. I wonder why they kind of thought... I guess the, the major damage would be to the heads, so maybe that's why they sent the heads to me. Yeah. So huh. they could pull anything from them. But... But they lost them. Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm guessing World War Two, since they still uh, hadn't really solved anything... And then, you know, 1930s is kind of, I think, when the Nazi party started going in Germany. Yeah. That's that's it. Not a whole lot more has been done on this investigation. Yeah. But keep going. Tell, tell me what's going on. Alrighty. So, inconsistencies. In the inspection of the record, or in the inspection record of the court commission, it was uh, noted that the victims were probably drawn to the barn by restlessness in the stable during the noises, resulting in noises from animals. Um, but later, they thought that that wasn't true um, because at least human screams couldn't be heard from the living area because the maid and Yosef were still asleep in their beds when they were attacked. Okay. So you think if they would have heard screaming, at least the maid would have woken up. Right. But. But why would you hear screaming? Because the family was being murdered in the. Yeah, I but guess. if you hit somebody over the head, they could just be out. Although the one seven-year-old daughter, they say it wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, on the night after the crime, three days before the body was discovered, uh, the artisan Michael Polk, who had his sons go discover the body, Uh um, happened to pass by Hinthrick Effect, um, and he observed that the oven had been heated by someone, and that a person had approached him with the lantern and blinded him, and then he just walked away. From the farm. Yeah. After a he stranger walked. approached him, blinded him with a lantern, he just thought it was best to walk away, which probably was best for him because I think if he had investigated further, he probably would have met the same fate. Probably. That's weird. Yeah. Still, the guy that did this, boy, I mean, he goes up to this guy after he killed this family. And was yeah. like, yo, and blinds the, <laughs> he shines the guy, light in the guy's eyes and walks away. 
That's weird. Yeah. Okay. And Block also noticed that um, the smoke from the fireplace had a disgusting smell. Well, what could he have been putting in there? He wasn't putting in the family. No. Obviously, so. Huh. Yeah. Um, they didn't investigate that, though, so we don't know what he was burning in the oven. Interesting. Okay. Um, oh no, there's a sharp SS in this last name. Sharp SSs are not nice. Um, on April 1st at 3 a.m., the farmer and butcher Simon Reislander, I'm going to say. That sounds good to me. Reislander. Oh, dang. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Sharp SS is basically two S's. Okay. But they don't want to write two S's. They do a little B thing. So they write a B. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of two S's, they write a B. Okay. Reislander, um, the, um, on the way home near Brunnen, uh, he saw two unknown figures at the edge of the forest. Um, and when the strangers saw him, they turned around so their faces couldn't be seen. Interesting. Um, later, when he finally heard about the minder- murders and hints of fact, um, he thought that the strangers might be involved. Um, Possible. Possible. Yeah. Um, in the middle of May 1927, a stranger was said to have stopped a resident in Beethoven at midnight, and he asked him questions about the murder, and then shouted that he was a murderer before he ran into the woods, but the stranger was never identified. <laughs> wow. That just seems a little... <laughs> There's a lot of people that are like, hey, yeah, I saw a guy. Yeah. Yep, all right, that's it. And, like, and then uh, this guy, yeah, he, he admitted to it, That and that's all I got for you. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be in the woods in this town. Well, yeah. It that's... seems like the woods are very... Like, they're not... Yeah, they, yeah. they hold people that like to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so suspects. There are eight suspects in total. They actually have suspects. Yes. That's interesting, because so far we just have... Have random strangers. Random people that no one really even yeah, saw. Yeah, random strangers who confess to a murder and then jump back into the woods. Uh, yeah. Hey, I killed those people. Ha! <laughs> yeah. It's just running. Like, what would you do in that situation? Be like, do you know about these murders? Why, yes, they were killed. I killed them! He just runs like, away. tell the police. Yeah, be like, um, Go this man the... just <laughs> confessed, but he ran into the woods. Yeah, I don't know where he is now. No, no, which direction he ran in. Yeah, well, he went that way. I don't know. Yeah. After that, I don't know. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. I've done my civic duty. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we have eight suspects. Carl Gabriel, who is a husband of Victoria Gabriel. Yep, I was going to say he, he has got to be a suspect. Just yeah. because he is the husband. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have no proof of anything so far for him. But he's got to be a suspect. Yeah. Or a person of well, interest. Well, let me... Okay, keep going. Um, He had reportedly been killed in Arras, France, uh, by a shell attack in December of 1914 during the First World War. Um, So he couldn't have done it because he was dead. But his body was never recovered. They never found him. Okay. Um, And after the murders, people began to speculate that he... um, that he maybe didn't die in the war. Right. Um, Not a whole lot of concrete evidence against him right now. No. <laughs> Just a lot of wild conjecture, okay? I, I was going to say he's got to be a person of interest, but when you yeah. you know are considered dead in 1914, that's... Yeah. You're uh, most likely dead. He's most likely dead. Yeah. Yeah. But possible. I mean, that that doesn't rule him in or out, really. Okay, uh, go for it. Yeah. Um. So their relationship wasn't very nice. Oh, the husbands. Yeah. Okay. Um. And after the end of the Second World War, uh, captives from the. Oh my gosh. It's another German word, and it's very long. Hold on. 
Try your best. Strosbinhausen. Okay. Strosbinhausen region were released prematurely from the Soviet captivity. Um, and they claimed that they had been sent home by a German-speaking Soviet officer who claimed to be the murderer of Hinterfecht. But uh, you see, you have all these people claiming that they did it. And not everyone who claims they did it could have possibly done it. We have at most two people here. And we have... Like, I don't three know. I mean, people. Yeah. That's weird. Um, but some of the men later revised their statements, which just makes that not credible. Saying that he didn't say that. Yeah. Okay. So pretty much that he, he's just like the husband. There's not a whole lot to base that theory on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, no. I hate last names. Okay. Lorenz Schleitenbauer. Schlittenbauer. Yeah. Um, is our next one. Okay. So shortly after the death of his first wife in 1918, Lawrence Schlittenbauer was believed to have a relationship with Victoria Gabriel and fathered Josef. Um, huh. The initials LS appear on Josef's birth certificate. Um, those could have been just the initials of the attending doctor. It could be just some weird coincidence. Uh-huh. Um... And Schlittenbauer came under suspicion by the locals quite early in the investigation because of his several suspicious actions after the bodies were discovered. Huh. Um, when Schlittenbauer and his friends came to investigate, they had to break a gate to enter in the barn because all the doors were locked. However, immediately after finding the fire bodies in the barn, Schlittenbauer apparently unlocked the front door with a key and entered the house alone. Huh. How did he have a key? Um, a key to the house had gone missing several days before the murders. Interesting. Okay. But it is possible that they prop they might have just given him a key because he was with Victoria. Okay. Um but he did have a key. Okay. I'm trying to figure out the sensibilities of a of a German household back in 1922, would they just give the guy a key? Maybe. 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 Okay. Um, when asked by his companions why he had gone into the house alone, um, when he didn't know if the murderer was still in there, because it's locked. He knew the family was dead. He, they had broken into the barn and found the four of them dead. Okay. And he entered the house alone. And everyone with him was like, why'd you do that? The murderer could still be in there. Mm -hmm. um, well, what did he say? He said he went to look for his son, Yosef. Yep. He was in the house. Well, yeah. Yep. I can see that. I need to find my son. Yeah. Um, but it is known that he did disturb the scene, thus potentially compromising it. How? Did he? Well, he moved the bodies. Didn't we already hear that tons of people compromise the scene? Well, yeah, but he was the first one okay. to be in the house with the maid. Right. Them. Okay. Um, uh, I'm not 100%. Okay. That doesn't mean any, uh, much to me, I think. When you find your son dead on the floor, you're probably going to grab his body. Yeah. You know? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cry. Yep. Okay. For many years after um, the murders, the locals still suspected Schlittenbauer because of his com um, strange comments and actions, which were seen as um, as indicating knowledge of details that only the killer would know. Okay. Um, according to reports in the files for this case. A local teacher, Hans, oh my god, Jablager, <laughs> okay. discovered Schlittenbauer visiting the remains of the demolished Hinterfacht in 1925. Because after they've deemed the area to like hold no more um, evidence. evidence or anything like that, they destroyed it. 
Okay. Which, I guess, I mean, who is going to want to live? I don't know. There. I, I, I suppose if, like, it was just such a huge story, which I'm sure it was, the people around there are just like let's just demolish the house so mm. yeah it's kind of like there's a house in colorado um where that one guy um murdered his wife and his two daughters in the house no one wants to buy that house it's been oh, on the market yeah, yeah. forever uh, this just happened like two three yeah. years ago yeah no one wants a house after yeah especially if you yeah but know. then i heard the bank doesn't want to uh, lower the price. Yeah. They want to get as much as all the other houses around there. And the realtors are like, you're not going to. Yeah. People died in this house. You need to lower the price. Yeah. So once the bank comes to their senses, maybe then. But maybe. yeah. Yeah. yeah but like still. Yeah. It'd be hard to move into a house knowing. Yeah. Don't they have to disclose that to you now though? Yes. Like, that's crazy before that they just didn't. Yeah, it is crazy. I think people got upset with that. That's why it's now kind of a law or something yeah. that you have to do that. Yeah. But, all right, keep going. Um, upon being asked why Schlittenbauer was there, he stated um, that the perpetrators attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered by the frozen ground so they attempted to be bury the family i couldn't find that in any police reports or anything else huh. um and this was seen as evidence that schlittenbauer had intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders although being a neighbor and familiar with the local land, he might have just been making an educated guess. Yeah. Um, another speculation that was that Schlittenbauer murdered the family after Victoria demanded financial support for Yosef. Um, but before his death in 1941, Schlittenbauer conducted and won several civil claims for slander against persons who described him as the murderer of Hinterfecht. So I gotta say he's the most likely suspect I've heard of, but that yeah. being said, that doesn't mean much because <laughs> there is not a good list of suspects. There's just not a whole lot of boy. He seems like he did it. He yeah. this last guy seems to have the most motive to do anything. Right, but at the same time, there's a lot of that would just be like he probably was. Like you said, and they're holding his two-year-old son, who yeah. was murdered, or something oh, yeah. like no. that. He he is the best suspect. The problem is, is there are no There's... good suspects. No. So yeah, that. Well, I, I'm not saying he did it. He's just the one, the best suspect that they have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Suspect number three, the Gump brothers. Okay. <laughs> in 1951, Andreas Pop investigated Adolf's brother Anton Gump um, in relation to the murders of Hinterkvicht. Um The sister of the Gumps, oh my goodness, Crescentia, yep, that's how that's pronounced, Crescentia Mayer claimed on her deathbed that her brothers Adolf and Anton had committed the murders. Okay, there's two of them. Yeah. Which would go with some of the eyewitness reports. Yeah. Right. And okay. I know this. Deathbed confessions are not considered hearsay. So if you're ever on your deathbed and you want to confess to something, if there's even a slight chance that you are going to survive, don't do it because that can be held accountable in court. <laughs> okay. Boom. Legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> You've been advised legally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, as a result, Anton Gump was reprimanded um, and he was put into police custody. But Adolf had already died in 1944. Um, after a short time. Adolf? His name was Adolf? Yeah, Adolf. That's still. Adolf Gump? Yeah. He died Adolf... in 1944? Yeah. 
So he was probably a Nazi? Is that what we're saying? (laughs) Probably. Not the Nazi, but a Nazi. Okay. Adolf was a very popular name in Germany, though. Very popular boy name. I'm sure. Until World War II. Yeah, and until all those poor people. After World War II, yeah. Yeah. Then they went by their middle names. Yeah. That. Yep. Yep. Um. And so he was dim- dismissed, and then in 1954, the case against him was finally discontinued because he could not be proven to have participated in the crime. So they couldn't find anything that said... So they, they just did. had... Who was the one that died? The sister on her deathbed said her brothers did it. Huh. Which could just be one final job if you really hated your brothers. So they have no proof other than this woman saying this. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Carl S. and Andreas S. Cannot find the rest of their last names. All I could find was an S. Okay. Um, okay. In 1971, a woman named Teresa T. wrote this story. Loves just one syllable last names. Okay. So just beware. Um, Teresa T. wrote a letter uh, citing an event from her youth. At the age of 12, she witnessed a her mother receiving a visit from... The mother of brother, mother of the brothers Carl and Andreas S. The woman claimed that her sons from Settelberg were the two murderers of Hinterfeld. The mother said Andreas re- uh, regretted that he lost his penknife um, in the course of conversation. In fact, um, a penknife is like a pocket knife. In fact, and then when the farm was demolished in 1923, a pocket knife was found at the scene, but they couldn't assign it to anybody. Okay. Well, that's the first bit of evidence we may have found. Yeah. Um, however, the knife could have easily belonged to one of the members of the Ruber family. Right. So, um... Boy. The track was followed without There is nothing. Result. Yeah. <laughs> There's literally nothing on yep. any of these They didn't people. even find the Matic. Right. I mean, there is no clear... There's no even hint of evidence on any of these people. Mm-mm. There's no, like, this guy had blonde hair and a guy with blonde hair had been seen at the crime. Or yeah. this guy, you know... Yeah. This guy happened to own a pocket knife, and a pocket knife happened to have been found... In the rubble <laughs> after they tore down everything. Yeah. Jeez, this is not. Wow. Okay. Yep. Keep going. Um. This. So yeah, they followed it, but they didn't find anything. Right. Um. Yeah. So, Kurnis Reiger, who was a former maid of Pinterfact, was certain she had already seen the penknife in the yard during her service. And so she there you go. So that yeah. rules him out pretty much. Yep. She's like, oh, that was probably one of the family members. I've seen that before. Yep. Before the six months even. Right. So, yeah. Uh, that movie leaves us with, I have one more page of suspects. My goodness. I know. Most of my, I told you it was seven pages. Most of it is suspects. Okay. Um... Peter Weber. Peter Weber uh, was named a suspect by Josef Betz. The two worked together in the winter of 1919-1920 as laborers, in their, and they shared a chamber. That's a lot of 19s. Yeah, 1919, 1920. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> According to Betz, Rep Weber spoke... Um, in the time of, uh, so hold on, let me word that better. Weber um, mentioned Hinterfact to Betts. Weber knew that only an old couple lived there with their daughter and her two children. Um, it is likely he knew about. I didn't. I forgot to tell you this. Many people thought that Andreas Gruber was having an incestuous relationship with Victoria and that you, um, 
There, Yosef was yeah, his Yosef son. was his son. But but this other guy thought Yosef was his son. Yeah. That one suspect. But like a lot of the village people <laughs> said that it was Yosef was probably Andreas's. Yeah, but son. people gossip. Yeah. Who knows? Well, this. Um, so it said that uh, Weber most likely knew about this relationship, whether it was real or not, um, and testified. And Betts testified in a hearing that Weber had suggested killing the old man to get the family's money. When Betts did not respond to the offer, Weber stopped talking about it. Um, and that was the end. But like I said, they found a large sum of money. So and they and the perpetrators were reportedly there for several days. So how did they not find the money? Yeah, they weren't. If they wanted the money. money, they would have taken it. Right. So okay. The Bickler brothers, George and George Siegel. <clears throat> the former maid, Grayson Weiger, worked from November. Um, 1920 to about September 1921 on Hinterfact. She suspected um, the brothers Anton and Carter Blicker to have committed the murders. Anton had helped with the potato harvest on Hinterfact and therefore knew the grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rieger uh, said Bickler talked to her often about the Gruber and Gabriel family. Anton reportedly suggested that the family ought to be dead. Maid also emphasized in her interrogation that the farm dog who barked at everyone never barked at Anton. In addition, she reported speaking with a stranger through her window at night. Which, like, why would you speak to a stranger through your window in the middle of the night? Who, who's, who's the maid? Oh. The family maid was admitted to speaking with somebody through her window at night. Okay. And she didn't know who she was talking to. Well, she believed that was Carl Bickler, the brother of Anton. Oh. She thought that Anton and Carl could have committed the murder together with George Siegel, who had worked at Hinterfact and knew of the family fortune. But no one took the family fortune. No. (laughs) Siegel had supposedly broken into the home of in November 1920 and um, had stolen a number of items. They keep on coming back to it was robbery, but they weren't robbed. Yeah, they they found a large sum, so there's no telling how much money. Yeah, maybe they found something, they just didn't find it all. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. But um, Siegel denied stealing anything. He did state that he had carved the handle of the murder weapon when he was working at Hinterfact. But I didn't think um, they found a murder weapon. The murder weapon was a, a Matic. I know, but I didn't think they had found it. No, but he's saying he carved a handle for a Matic. Oh, okay. Um, and knew that the tool would have been cut in the barn passage. So... The family was most likely murdered with their own Matic. Right. So he's basically saying, I I think he just kind of added to it. It just seems like he's just saying what he thinks happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thaler Brothers. Are we still got more to yeah. go here? We have two the, more. This investigation, they have no clue what happened. No. I'm just no going to tell does. you, it's like, yeah, in a lot of our investigations, <laughs> they don't know what happened, but at least they kind of have, like... Like some evidence that ties some, somebody yeah, to some it. some clues somewhere. It just, the clues weren't good enough. In this yeah. one... They have no clue at all. No, they have nothing. They have (laughs) nothing. Nada. Okay. Well, and you could surprise me. Maybe, maybe these uh, Thaler brothers um, are—they're going to be like, "Yeah, we found their fingerprints on the inside of a bottle at the house, or something." Is that what you're about to tell me? 
No. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't think so. Okay. Okay. The Thaler brothers were also a suspect, um, according to the former maid, Krenz Rieger. So she's basically pointing at, like, uh, I think this is, people. like, the third person. She's like, they could have possibly done it. Yeah. She's just pointing to people she doesn't like. Yeah. I probably. That yeah. <laughs> rubbed her the wrong way. Okay. This man, he woke me up every night at 2 a.m. to talk to me through my window. Yeah. It's him. And I don't know who he was, really. <laughs> but, but I think it was Could have been guy. this guy, since the dog didn't bark. Yeah. Oy vey. People. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, the brothers had already committed several minor burglaries in the area before the crime. Mm-hmm. Um, Rieger said that Josef Thaler uh, stood at her window at night and asked her questions about the family. Another, <laughs> Another one, one at the window. Boy, people like to talk to this maid at the window. <laughs> Maybe that's why she quit. Yeah, she's. you know what she was probably doing? She was just probably like whispering people walking by on the road. Hey, psst, come talk to me. Yeah. Come talk to me. Hey, hey. Yeah. You know, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> another another person talking to her through her window. Yeah. She said she didn't tell him anything, though. <laughs> she sure liked to talk to people at the window. Okay, go yeah. for it. In conversation, Yosef Thaler claimed to know which family member was sleeping in which room and stated that they had a lot of money. He also stated that the uh, Quayside had a lot of money. During their conversation, Rigo noted that there was another person nearby. According to her statement, Yosef Thaler and the stranger looked at the machine house and turned their eyes upwards. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Like, the machine house and they looked to the heavens? <laughs> yeah. Is that your? Is that all you got? Yeah. That's not... all on... That's it. That's all the main game. So the fact that this guy looked at the machine house and looked to the sky, he's got to be the killer? Yeah. Uh, they had nothing. No. I think <laughs> all the know, majority of their suspects hang on All the we know maid. is that the family died. Yeah. We don't know who killed them. In fact, no. I still think that it is possible just because the, it seems like they have no clue I think it's possible that the dad, the, the dad grandfather did it. Well, then how would he bludgeon himself with the magic? I'm not, who knows if he truly was. I mean, I um, guess, I guess you could say yes. If you trust that that's how he died. Yeah. And you gotta, I guess we gotta go with how it was reported. Yeah. But they have nothing, like nothing. The no. So I was going to say it was the father of the children, of the daughter's children, but he died in yeah. World War One. So then we think that the son of the daughter could be from this other guy, mm-hmm. and then he would be a likely suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have nothing for him. Mm-mm. Then they think it could be the grandpa, could be the grandpa father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. They don't have anything. No, they don't. All right, our last suspect. Are you ready for this? This is my favorite. Wait, wait! One. I thought that was the last one. No, we have one more. God dang. Paul Mueller. 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 Yeah. So, author Bill James in Mueller. his book, The Man from the Train. Mueller. Okay. Okay. Um, In his book, The Man from the Train, alleges... Paul Mueller may have been responsible for the murders. Why? The murders bear similarities to his crimes in the United States, including the slaughter of an entire... uh, Including the slaughter of an entire family isolated in their home using the blunt edge of a farm tool kept as a weapon. Which was a matic. Okay. Um, it's not. It's not and making. He, but he was robbing. He used robbery as okay. motive. So it's possible that whoever robbed this family just went in and took got stuff. Got what they could. Got what they saw. saw. Yeah. And they missed and they stuff. Left. Yeah. But yeah. they were there for days, so you'd think they would have found everything. But 
Who knows? Um, if you believe they were there for days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, out of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mueller was a German immigrant in... Um, and he might have departed the, the U.S. for his homeland after a private... Um, sorry, I just clicked. My computer just popped up with something. No problem. It's like very confused. I forgive you. Um, he departed the U.S. for his homeland after private investigators and journalists began to notice and publicize patterns in the family murders across state lines. Um... Following the brazen 19... Wait, you're gonna be so shook. Um, okay. The... Following the brazen 1912 murder of two families in a single night in a Colorado Springs, Colorado um, home. And a similar family murdered weeks after a few hundred miles away in neighboring Kansas. Would it shock you to know that we in fact saw that house with our own two eyes? No, it wouldn't shock me, but I am surprised. We made a special trip to see that house. We did? Yes. Wow. I told you. I told you it's going to come full circle, man. I don't know how I did it. Okay, well, I I think this guy did it then, just because of the journey we've been on. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think because he was from Germany, he moved... Or, no, he was from Germany, he moved to the United States, and then when people started to suspect him, he went back to Germany. It's very possible he could be, but still, nothing tying Nothing really tying Although, he did murder them with Matic. Yep. It's possible. And they, well, I was going to say, they didn't find the Matic, but that was, he murdered the two families in Colorado Springs. The family in Colorado Springs before he went back. Huh. So. Wow. And that is the end of our list of suspects. That was a long list, and yes, none people. of the, none of them really got us anywhere. No. <sighs> Yikes! There was nowhere. They mm-hmm. went nowhere. I feel like it's going to... I don't feel like it's somebody that knew the family. No. I feel like it's a deranged feel... killer because they... If you believe that they stayed there for days... I mean, somebody that knows the family is just going to want to go. Yeah. You know? If it's some like, crazy yeah, killer... Yeah, if it's somebody who was like... lived there for a while and totally yeah. feels like he needs to go. So I, I don't think... I'm going to say... Yeah, it's somebody that didn't really know the family. Yeah. Just somebody that w- walked in. Stayed in their probably house Probably watched for them for a, while. a couple, yeah, for a while. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's so, where I'm going. Yep, it's still unsolved. Yeah, well, it's going to be. Yeah. It, it, no one's going to solve that. Unless they go to tear down a house and they find a written confession in the wall somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Here's, and here's the matic I used <laughs> right yeah. next to it. You know, that's it. Yeah. That's, nope. yeah, that ain't going to be solved. Huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's terrible. Especially because of the children. Yeah. But yeah, they ain't, they ain't going to solve that. Yeah. And, and, and especially if it was the suspected um, father, I forgot his name, it starts with an S, Schlittenbauer. Why would you kill your own son? Was he married? He wasn't married. No. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't want to take care of him. You know, he's like, I don't want to have to take care of anybody. But, yeah. But he wasn't taking care of him now. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, the mom could have said, I'm going to start making you pay child support or something. I don't know. I don't know how that worked in the 1920s. Me neither. But, But, uh, wow. I'm going to say it's just a deranged killer. Yeah. I think it's probably most likely a vagrant who just wandered into town, didn't have any place to stay. Saw these people living out in the boonies. Yeah. And thought, and found it easy to yep. slip in and out. And especially with that one 
um, suspect who was like, there was a mattock in the house, it was, or in the barn, it was probably just easy to find. Yeah, it seems like it was just there, there. weapon of opportunity. They used it. Yeah, yeah, weapon of opportunity, that's right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thanks, Hannah. You're welcome. I, sometimes, I like the stories where I'm like, oh, I think it was that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I liked his story, but it was like I, there's no suspect. <laughs> there's no viable suspect yeah, that you can. There's nobody I can be like, yeah, it was that guy. Other like, than me saying it, it was just some crazed killer. I think it was yeah. just crazed, crazed killer. That yeah. Did it. And then he got it disappeared during World War Two. Their heads, yeah. Yeah. Just no, not their heads. The killer. Yeah. He probably went on to do other things. You just don't know about it because World War Two happened. Yeah. Well, all right. Is that a good time to end it? I think so. I'm just going to say my favorite part of this entire story was the maid keep, who kept talking to people through her window in the middle of the night. In the, the middle night. of the night, strangers. Yeah. And, you know, and she kind of, her attitude was kind of like she didn't want to talk to these people. Well, yeah. don't talk don't to these people. talk to them then. Keep your window shut, lady. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just don't. Tell, tell the man of the house, hey. Go get the shotgun. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> people talking to me, man. Yeah, unless she, she likes did. talking to these guys. Yeah, come on. Unless she did, and Andreas was I just mean, like, yeah, no, they're not. Go back to sleep. Yeah, I. Well, that's true. I mean, but the come on. I'd like to imagine that she'd had enough of these people. If you don't want to talk to, to somebody. You just keep the window shut. And yeah. Grapes pulled and. No one's they, gonna bother you. Yeah, they they should be able to walk on there. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. I'd like to think that's the reason she quit. Because they were like, you need to stop talking to strangers at 2 a.m. You're waking yeah. up the whole family. Yeah, and she's like, I, I will not. <laughs> yes. She just quit. No, that's where I get my best talking done. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, well, one of these people say they're going to murder you. <laughs> that's her last <laughs> statement to the family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think on that note, we'll end it. Yep. Okay. So. so um, welcome back to the Remove of the Attic. And if you find yourself on this podcast, that means you, you done, done been, been murked. murked.